Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 221 with Terry McDougall. How are you, Terry? I'm great, Dale. How are you? I'm really good. Now, we're just talking a little bit off air. Before we uh, obviously started recording, you're in Chicago and... uh, cold and for uh, probably half my listeners are in australia do you want to explain what a average winter's like and i really like your story about the the hot water before do you want to because it, it's <laughs> that's bloody cold what you're going through yeah yeah we, we were talking earlier about the fact that it, it's 27 degrees fahrenheit out today at, which is uh below zero celsius um and it's that's not super cold for me um just i've gotten used to it i mean when we first moved here from north carolina i would have been you know chattering my teeth would have been chattering but today i left the gym without my coat on i was was like oh it feels good out here (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then so about the story like that's not super cold but uh we we've definitely had some times whenever it was below zero fahrenheit and last year we had a couple weeks of that and one of the uh, things I had seen people doing, and I tried it myself, was you uh, boil water and then you just throw it up into the air and it's like so cold that it completely crystallizes immediately upon wow. throwing the boiling water out into the frigid air. So that was cool. <laughs> so th- these are the things I love, Terry, learning about just random facts like this and the weird things. things we do in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just, we'd never have the opportunity to do that like in Australia. It's like that <laughs> hot out here. For- yeah, you throw the water out and it gets hotter. Um, but <laughs> yeah. no, so let's talk about it. You're a coach, an author, CEO. Um, to paint the picture for my listeners, um, do you want to give us a little bit about your background, Terry? Yeah, I was um, in the corporate world for 30 years. I spent my entire career in marketing. Um, the majority of that was in financial services marketing. The last 12 years, I was with the same company. I had four different roles there, but all of them were heading up marketing for various businesses within um, the company. And, uh, you know, that was great. I mean, I, I loved, I still love marketing. Um, but I felt like I'd sort of like reached the end of the road of, of what I could do from a growth standpoint at my last company. So I decided to go off on my own and, uh, I kind of looked at myself and I said, what am I good at? And what do I like to do? And I always really loved the coaching and mentoring aspects of being a leader. And so I decided to get a certification in coaching. And so now, you know, I still work with people in the corporate world and I get to help them, you know, figure out a a better path forward for themselves or, or in their businesses. Um, But I don't have to be in the middle of it. (laughs) I'm kind of a fly on the wall helping to guide them, but I don't have to be in the middle of it myself, which is great. Yeah. I love that. So one thing I'm fascinated with, because a lot of people have these dreams and goals, Terry, that, they, they want to leave, but actually doing it and saying it and actually putting it into action is something that is quite terrifying for people. So how long mm-hmm. was that process? Because it sounds like you had a very secure, stable position. Um, mm-hmm. How, what was it? Was that scary? Did it, was it over a couple of years or did you, are you just one of those people, Terry, go, um, right, no, I need action no. done? You know, I said that I had four jobs in that last company that I worked for. And the last job that I had wasn't the best fit for me. And, and I did it for about three years. And for the majority of that time, I wasn't really happy in the role. So, I mean, I, of course I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a trooper, you know, I've, 
I've been through the ups and downs in the corporate world over the, the course of my career, but I was really trying to make it work. And I just kind of woke up and realized, you know, I'm not happy and I don't want to keep doing this. And there were some changes going on in the organization that I was able to sort of take advantage of to, to leave. And, um, you know, I was in a position where I had a little time to figure out what I wanted to do next. And initially I was doing some marketing consulting. I fully thought that I would end up getting another job. Uh, but then I decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this coaching certification because you don't, you don't always have the opportunity, you know, when you're working full time to do this stuff. So I just thought, okay, well, I've got some time off. I'm going to do this. And, um, in the, I, I still thought that I was going to go and get another full-time job, but just being among a lot of other people who were sort of entrepreneurial minded, I just decided, okay, well, I'm just going to give this a shot. You know, I, I've been a marketer. I know how to market. And a, a lot of people told me that that's one of the biggest hurdles um, to success in um, owning your own business. So um, yes, it's, and to answer your question, it's scary. Yes, absolutely. It's scary, right? And especially when you're used to being inside that, you know, that safe environment where you, you know, the direct deposit goes into your bank account every two weeks, and you have the health insurance and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I would also say it's been extremely exhilarating. And it's been uh, a lot more of my energy has gone into things that I really enjoy doing, where, you know, when I left my last role, one of my, my complaints was that I had to work too hard just to do my job. You know, mm. I had to, I had to like make business cases and convince, you know, multitudes of people about, you know, okay, this is going to be a good plan. Like, you know, and I have to get rubber stamp from so many people that by the time I finally got the okay, I was exhausted. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so nice now to be like, okay, I want to do this. All right. Um, you know, you're the boss, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and, and I find that as well, that you don't have to, you're not just ticking all the boxes for the sake of it. You can just go to the heart right. of something and get stuck into it. But one thing I really took from that there, Terry, was that did you find when you surround yourself with like-minded individuals, so obviously during the coaching course, mm -hmm. um, you're outside of that corporate world or the, the mm -hmm. normal working environment, um, did, is that where you sort of, I don't know, you inspired each other or you grew with each other? Yes, definitely. I mean, I really felt like I found my tribe and many of the people, most of the people that uh, were in the coaching program that I went through came from a corporate background. And many of them actually were, you know, maybe in, in HR. And surprisingly, there were a lot of people that were marketing. And when I think back about it, I, I think, okay, well, I think that kind of makes sense because marketers are problem solvers, right? And they're people that will consult with others to understand what their issues are and then come up with a plan to address it. And that's exactly what coaches do as well. Um, when I um, finished up with my coach training program, I joined a mastermind group with some other coaches. And I do credit that with you know, really helping me through that transition, you know, from when I was first starting my business and until now, I, I'm still part of that group. Um, and it's very helpful to have people around you who are walking the same path, you know, and there would be times when somebody in the group would be really, you know, maybe a little discouraged or they were facing a problem that they weren't sure how to address. And, you know, I, I might step up or somebody else in the group would step up and encourage them. And certainly I've relied on them for that at times as well. And it's really helpful to, you know, not be so alone. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And I think that is one thing that you, when you, when you do leave the workforce, you, 
again, you go from having this huge organization, seeing people every day and you mm-hmm. straight away, you're like, oh, I'm by myself now. I've got to keep myself accountable. Mm-hmm. So I think signing up for a mastermind group or with people that are heading in the same direction as you, it is such a beneficial thing. And if people are in that sort of position, I'd highly recommend that as well. Now, one of the things I did take from that is were the people that were signing up for the coaching and that were they looking to extend themselves or were they just burnt out from the corporate scene or what what was sort of the general mix because I hear these days I see with a lot of teachers and so forth like this that people are looking for a change because they're just simply burnt out and work work they're done with work and so looking for a (laughs) career change was that other people or they'll just sort of like yourself extend themselves there was a mix there was really a mix of people um some people like their companies were actually paying for them to go through this and get the certification you know there were a number of people that were in hr or there were leaders or they were in, in the training department or something like that um there were others who were working and they just wanted to have this as sort of a side hustle and, you know, I would kind of put myself in that category, I didn't, even though I wasn't working at the time, that was my intention was that, okay, I'm going to get another job and this, I'm just going to have this training in my back pocket. It's going to help me in my next job as a leader. And maybe I'll have a few clients on the side. And then when I get closer to retirement, maybe this will be sort of my off ramp of what I'll do when I'm, um, when I'm leaving the corporate world. But again, like I, once I kind of got into it, I started realizing like, okay, I have a tremendous amount of energy for this. I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, you can make a decent amount of money, especially in the area of coaching that I'm doing, like where you're working with, you know, corporate leaders, um, you know, there's, there's a return on the investment that individuals and companies pay for the coaching, right? I mean, um, so they're willing to pay a decent, usually um, uh, to pay decently for this. And so, you know, if you can get uh, some success and start getting referrals and that kind of thing, you can run a successful business doing this. And so I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then of course I kind of going back to your original question, sorry, I tend to get on tangent sometimes. (laughs) There There were a handful of people, you know, that, uh, that definitely wanted to leave and do this full time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of went from that, like working and doing this on the side to being in that last camp of like, why not? <laughs> I, I like that. And one thing you said there was the energy, do you know what I mean? And, and even you, when you started talking about this, Terry, you've perked up, do you know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're not an energetic person, but um, you can always tell when someone is really passionate about what they do. Have you found that's been a, a big change that, you're, you're loving what you're doing now. You're seeing results. You're helping people achieve whatever they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Your energy is going through the roof. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I am so engaged when I'm talking with my clients, right? Because I, I mean, it's nice to be able to hold space for people and, and really listen and understand what it is they're trying to achieve and be the person that, you know, is, in some ways being like the cheerleader or, or helping them to realize like, this is possible, right? This is possible. Let's come up with a plan for how you're going to make this happen. And I will, I will tell you that sometimes, you know, I mean, this is what I get paid for to believe that this is possible. Right. Um, but obviously I can't make it happen. Right. I can just hold the space and, and help people, um, you know, make that progress. But I'm amazed sometimes how quickly, and in some cases, 
you know, I'm not going to say effortlessly, but a lot of times people, the solutions to people's issues are right around them. <laughs> you know, like yeah. all they have to do is ask, you know, they just have to, to like step out and be like, okay, I believe this is possible. Who can I ask about my promotion or, or I want to get a new job? Like, who do I know that might be able to help me? I've seen people like have a coffee with someone and be starting a job in two weeks. <laughs> you know, yeah. just... Yeah. And not even, you know, going in thinking it's an interview, but it's just amazing what, like what's possible when you start to believe that what you want is possible. Mm, and, and sometimes, like you said, like in the mastermind group or anything, having an external voice or somebody fresh and new just to validate <laughs> what those thoughts are. It's amazing sure. what can happen when you, you actually see it and believe in yourself. I love that. Now, one thing people talk about is work-life balance or striking the life balance. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. let's be honest, 2020 and now obviously 2021 still in this pandemic that's sort of gone out the window what what are you sort of seeing with your clients as we still navigate ourselves through these testing times about Mm -hmm. this life balance what's Mm -hmm. been happening there and what do you sort of give recommendations for listeners I suppose Terry yeah yeah I mean I think that for any anybody who's serious about their career the whole idea of you know having boundaries between work and their you know daily life is important and like you said, with, uh, with COVID and a lot of people working from home, it's gotten to be even more challenging. Um, but to me, I think that that just underlines how critical it is to create boundaries and honestly not to be apologetic about it because we only have so much energy and we have to be thoughtful about how we invest our energy and also what we do to re-energize ourselves so that we can get up and do it again, right? It's, you've got to, you know, when, when there is balance between work and life, that's uh, sustainable, right? You need to rest, you need have, you need to have time to recharge. And so many people think that, you know, they're, they're only going to be valuable if they're just working all the time and if they constantly got the pedal to the metal, but that's not sustainable, you know, and I will tell you, I mean, a lot of times whenever people come to me for coaching, they're, they're burnout and they're burnout because they're not, you know, kind of putting some boundaries up and giving themselves a safe space to just let their hair down and rest and, and do things that they enjoy so that they have the energy when Monday morning rolls around to get back to work. Yeah. And I, I see that as well. And I know I've hit burnout myself. It's sometimes it's easier just to say yes and do something than mm-hmm. say no and disappoint. But what I found when you say no to something, people actually appreciate it. They think, wow, all right, mm-hmm. he's got boundaries. He's got, he's not, not going to be a pushover. He actually prioritizes sure. himself. Is that something that you find is liberating for people? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we usually have to uh, really go there and be like, okay, what's the worst that could happen if you say no? Right. Is yeah. your boss going to fire you right away if you say no? And they start, they usually laugh and say, no, no, but you know, <laughs> I, I want them to look at me like I'm a, I'm a good worker. And I'm like, well, you're a good worker. You're providing value. Right. And, and sometimes uh, stepping back rather than stepping forward is the right thing to do because you may be able to, you know, maybe come up with a process to deal with something more effectively rather than, you know, just putting your shoulder into it and, and, you know, muscling through, like, that's not always the smartest thing to do. I mean, I I talk to my clients a lot of times about, you know, find the leverage points, right. Where, where you can do more with less effort. Like, are you delegating? Do you have systems in place? Are you using your time wisely? You know, these are all just 
um, you know, are you being clear about your expectations with people around you so that they're giving you the things that you need so you don't have to do as much work to, you know, maybe correct somebody's report or um, whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. And again, I think that just comes down to working smarter, not harder. And yeah. that you can, you can really design the life you want. And I suppose winning at life and at work is very important. So that also leads into your book. Do you want to explain about this guy? I love the term winning, anything with winning in it, I'm straight away, bang, that's, <laughs> that's got me all over it, Terry. Yeah. 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 Well, well, my book is called winning the game of work, career, happiness, and success on your own terms. And um, it's, you know, part of it's sort of autobiographical. It was me kind of looking back over my career and kind of mining the lessons of uh, things that I learned. And often they were things I learned really the hard way. Um, I also interviewed uh, 11 people for the book where they, they talked about their career journeys. And, you know, I think it's really interesting sometimes to look at people that are successful and say, oh, they must've been just on this constant escalator that just got them to the top. And when you start talking to people, you find out, no, I was like fired three times. And, you know, I, I had this, I used to do this and then I quit that and I started doing this. And um, it's just, it's really interesting. And it, I, I think very encouraging as well, because you realize that, you know, we're all on our own journeys um, and we can have the kind of life that we want and the success that we want at work. It's just that maybe we're going to take a different path to get there. Um, a lot of the book also is about, you know, kind of um, how to be more effective at work. Um, and, you know, I alluded to one of the, the things I talk about, the leverage points. Um, but there's a lot about mindset you know, there are a lot of times, um, or also like what people think will get them ahead at work. Like a lot of times people think that like, oh, well, if I, if I want to get promoted, I just have to work harder and harder. And one of the things that I noticed when I was in the corporate world was that sometimes the people that got promoted were not super hard workers. <laughs> you know, they were in fact, like maybe sometimes they did things like they weren't answering phone calls or emails. They weren't coming to meetings that they were supposed to be at and stuff like that but they got promoted. And the reason why was because they were focusing on the right priorities, right? Like nobody was caring that they weren't cleaning up the kitchen or planning the birthday parties for the <laughs> department, right? They were, they were focused on, you know, developing the new sales model or whatever it was. And, and that's what the boss valued. So that person got promoted. And, um, you know, I, I think then another thing that I've seen is that sometimes people think that, the only thing they have to worry about is the relationship with the boss, right? And that's not true. You really need to build um, sort of a network within your organization. And when I was a, a manager, I was um, a leader of marketing and among a number of other marketing leaders, and we all reported to the chief marketing officer. And when uh, the time came for promotions, I had to make the case among all of my peers for who is gonna get promoted. And if there was somebody on my team that nobody knew, they were not gonna get promoted. You know, I had, to, I had to make the case and somebody else had to say, oh yeah, I know that person and I, I, I agree that person's good, we should promote them. Um, and if, if somebody's sort of like off in a corner, just like head down toiling away, there's, there's a good likelihood that even their boss might not even know what they're working on. And if you yeah. want to advance, you need to let your light shine. You need to, in some ways, be somewhat of a self-promoter. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be bragging, but it does, it should be letting people know the value that you're adding to the organization. 
Mm, and and I feel as well that uh, connection is one of the biggest assets we have. And mm. uh, I think loneliness is an all-time high, Terry, just because of everything mm. going on. And that doesn't matter where you are in the world. You need to be connected with yourself firstly, mm-hmm. your family, your friends, but then also your colleagues. Um, mm-hmm. And you, that's that's a really essential part of anything you do, isn't it? That you need to go yeah. out of your way to know people and get to know them and yes. listen and learn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the um, other lessons that I learned, and I mean, I, I was very involved in some of the, in the United States, we've got this thing called the United Way, and a lot of uh, corporations um, will do fundraising among their employees to give to the United Way, and then the United Way is sort of like a clearinghouse for um, charitable giving to uh, nonprofits in the community. And it's a big, it's a big thing. A lot of companies do it and they, like the companies will actually sort of compete with each other to see who can raise the most money. And I, uh, I'm not going to say that I like totally volunteered on this. I was sort of like drafted into it, but, um, I was very involved in the internal campaign for the United way. And at first I was sort of like, Oh, you know, I got plenty, I've got so much work to do. And then I have to do this sort of like internal volunteer thing. But one of the things that I found, and I actually, I really advise people to get involved in things like this is that when you step out of your day-to-day job and you're doing something where, you know, there are other volunteers in the organization that you're being exposed to, you can, start to build a network that can really um, help you. You know, like I usually that will have like a pretty senior level executive as sort of the the chairperson for this um, fundraising. And so you'd get exposure to them, which you might not normally get. And as time went on, I just found that people knew me and I was getting asked to be on different committees and be involved in different things. And I think that that can really be helpful. And, you know, much like I was at first, I was like, okay, I'm already really busy, (laughs) you know, like you're asking me to do this. Um, And I I had actually offered to some people on my team at times to like volunteer for things and they'd be like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're really sort of passing up an opportunity to have yourself seen in a different different light by different people. Um, And in the long term, that could be really helpful to you. Yeah. And, and the thing I love about that is that you're building connections outside of work. So yeah. because you're volunteering as well too, that the energy mm-hmm. and the environment is different. So you can be, build a more meaningful connection. And um, I always tell people that connections are the way of life. Who you know is where you're going to go. And that's essentially, that's where you can really make some inroads, isn't it? When you, obviously you're showing that you're, you're offering your service, you're doing something kind, which I think is amazing mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. but then you're both doing that together. So straight away, your connections are going to be incredible. Yeah. I mean, actually, when you were just talking about that, it reminded me of, um, because of that, the United Way came to me and said, oh, will you serve on this sort of like cross- organization um, committee. And so I was on this committee with people from like the Chicago Tribune newspaper, uh, somebody who was a leader in one of the biggest hospitals, um, another very large bank. And so we would have the meetings, I'd be like going across the street and going to, you know, the executive floor at this other bank. And, you know, just the exposure that I got to leaders, even throughout the city was really helpful. And um, one of the people that I met through United Way, he actually worked for United Way. Now he's a, a consultant, but he's actually been really helpful. I've, I've sent, um, you know, I've, I've uh, connected people with him that I've worked with on a coaching basis that were interested in nonprofit work. Um, so you just never know where these connections are going to go. It really, 
it opens up uh, a lot of possibilities the more people that you know. Yeah, it definitely does. And that's where I love learning through story and, and narrative. And obviously in your book, having 11 other people, is, is that something that shone through, you know, the, the building connections and, and how powerful that has been in their career and obviously in their life? Did that come through at all? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, and I also think just sort of like sometimes when we're living our life, we just think, oh, this is so random, like that this, this happened or that happened. And when people tell their stories and you look back, you're like, wow, this was so amazing that like this, what seemed like just a chance encounter opened up a whole, you know, new path for somebody. Um, there were, there were some really, uh, you know, really fascinating stories and funny stories too. Um, you know, super interesting. Yeah. And I, I think that's amazing. And um, I can't read self-help books anymore because I can't relate to them. If it's just all information after information, mm-hmm. it goes out the window. But if you're telling me a story, Terry, I'm mesmerized. I'm not going anywhere. You've got my full attention. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Has yeah. You found, have you found that's why your book has been so powerful and impactful? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I tell a lot of, you know, stories like I, I had a really bad boss one time and I kind of opened up the chapter with um, hearing her scream through the office wall that we shared. She was screaming at the um, dry cleaner for, you know, supposedly losing a pair of her pants. <laughs> and I, thank God she, I only had to work for her uh, for 10 months. Um, but she was uh, a bully and, you know, so I told, told my story. I think a lot of people can relate to that. There's a lot of crazy bosses out there. Um, but you know, the thing that I learned from that was that, uh, she was, she was my boss and I was very miserable during that time, but that was really my choice to be yeah. miserable. I was going home and drinking a lot of wine every night and, <laughs> and uh, you know, complaining to my husband and he was like, oh, not this again, but um, <laughs> you know, she, uh, I really had to step up and actually what I decided, well, actually she called me on the carpet one time because I was really avoiding, I wasn't like letting her see my work and all of this stuff because she was really bottleneck and she was really not a good boss. But um, she called me on the carpet and basically kind of threatened that she was going to write me up and I was going to, you know, go on a performance improvement plan, which, you know, that's the first step to losing your job. And so I was like, okay, I got to do something different here. And so, um, as hard as it was every morning when I went in, I would like poke my head in her office and be like, Hey, how are you today? And it, it was really funny was like, as soon as I started being nice to her and it wasn't that I was mean to her, I was just avoiding her before she started coming in my office and like brainstorming with me and all of this stuff. And what I, when I look back, I just realized that, you know, she was relatively new and I think she was felt a little insecure, you know, and yeah. that was causing some of her, behavior. And once I understood a little more about what she needed and I gave it to her, she stopped bullying me. She did start bullying somebody else. (laughs) And that's ultimately what got her fired. But when I look back over those 10 months, which were really stressful and kind of miserable, I just realized that, you know, it was really what I was thinking about the situation that was causing my misery. It wasn't, I mean, it was it was unpleasant to work with her, but I could have left it behind when I went home every day. And I wasn't, I was, I was, I was uh, agreeing to bring that home and, you know, relive it um, every, every night at home. And that was not, that wasn't healthy. Yeah. 
And you, and I'm sure your husband thought the same thing as well when he yeah, relived he it over a bottle oh, of God, wine. Why are we going so much through so much wine? <laughs> <laughs> and I think what you just said there is the, the typical bully mentality that um, a lot of times somebody is bullying because things in their life aren't going well. So yeah. like you just said, being a little bit empathetic and just looking at it from a different lens, it's amazing mm-hmm. what can happen. Like Because at the end of the day, shit bullies are a bully because they've got things going on that they can't control. And that's the only way they know how to deal with them. And exactly. It's not, it's not your issue. And, but you were sort of taking right. on board at the start, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I could have like sort of made a little bit more of the boundary, but between her and me, you know, I was, I was a partner in that dance. You know, I, I had to take responsibility for my part of that, which, um, you know, I think I could have figured it out earlier. Like she's my boss and I have to respect the position, even if I don't like her and I don't like how she's managing me, that she's, that's her prerogative. Right. And I, had I accepted that earlier, I think it would have been a lot less painful for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was resisting and I was avoiding and, and I have to take responsibility for that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think people listening that everybody's experienced some, form of workplace bullying or they've seen somebody Mm -hmm. that they may not like the way they're being treated. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes if you just step back for a second and put on empathetic eyes, so looking through what they're going through and actually Mm -hmm. step back and think, all right, they're not actually attacking me. Something's not going right in their life. And Mm -hmm. um, how can we make that better? And it's so funny that a simple hello and just a little bit of kindness, how it completely changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was quite shocked when she started popping into my, she pop into my office and sit down and have a chat. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it was, believe me, it was much better than the alternative. That's for sure. Oh, I've got no doubt. And I'm sure, as I said, I'm sure your husband probably agreed as well when you, he didn't have to relive it every night too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things, the biggest realization for me, and, and this is kind of how I, I end the chapter was that, you know, one day, I'm just sitting, I was like maybe 5.15, 5.30 and I'm sitting in my office kind of finishing up some work before I was going to leave. And the, the light on my phone, the message light just came on. And that usually is like the sign that like some kind of blast message went out, right? Because my phone never rang. And so I listened to the message and it was the, um, the head of our department who actually was in a different city. And he was announcing that this woman had left the company, that she was no longer with us. And I just thought, all of a sudden, you know, I had this giant weight that I had chosen to carry around on my back. You know, I was loaded for bear and all of a sudden the bear was gone. And then I was like, well, what do I do now? (laughs) You know, like I, and I mean, I, obviously I was happy. It was funny because I kind of ran out outside of my office and, and one of my colleagues also ran out and we like did a little happy dance in the hallway. (laughs) Um, But, you know, nevertheless, I, I think that I made it a lot worse on myself than it had to be. I could have just looked at it like, yeah, she's bad. And I just got to do what I got to do until things change. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Sometimes when you can look back at it now, you can see that you're taking that bottom or when you're actually in the middle of a Terry, it's very hard to see that you're actually burdening hard. yourself, you know? And so I think mm-hmm. that's where sharing your stories through a book or a mm-hmm. podcast is amazing. So let's talk about marketing mumbo. I love the name. I love the dance. So let's yeah. talk about your podcast. Cause let's be honest, podcasting is the absolute best. Um, so let's talk about your podcast. I'm sure listeners have really enjoyed today's chat. And they're like, I want more Terry. Where can we get that? 
Well, you know, I mentioned I worked in marketing for 30 years. And even though I'm a coach now, I mean, if you have your own business, you're a full-time marketer also. And um, I actually have a lot of clients that work in marketing and advertising. And I, I mean, I just absolutely love it. I was, I was actually talking with one of my um, clients not long ago, and we were, we sort of got into this like hot button issue about marketing and we just enjoyed it so much. And I thought, you know what, this would be cool if I recorded this conversation and just put it out there because I think a lot of people are interested in different aspects of marketing. And one of the, one of the things I was, most of my career, I was in B2B marketing, but I worked in a big bank and the majority of the marketers in the bank were, uh, you know, business to consumer marketers. And there's a difference. And one of the things I noticed is that, you know, people often are really curious. There's a lot of different aspects of marketing, right? And a lot of people that are in marketing are curious about like, okay, well, what do digital marketers do? Or what do, what do like uh, marketing analytics people do? Right. So I just want to have conversations. I, well, this is what I say. <laughs> um, marketing Mambo is about cha-cha chatting with movers <laughs> and shakers in the world of marketing. Um, and, and by the way, uh, the way I came up with the name is that first I was like coming out like, oh, marketing careers, like, everything was boring to me. And I thought I want to have something that like has some pizzazz to it. I'm like what goes with marketing? It's like marketing Mambo, that sounds good. Once I looked up Mambo, Mambo uh, comes from, um, I think it's the African Yoruba dialect. And what it means is to talk. So we know it as like the, a type of music, right? But it means to talk. And so I said, perfect, right? This is about like, what's up in the world of marketing? Let's talk about marketing. I, I love that. When I was thinking that, I think it's Lou Bega, Mumbo Number 5. That's yes, his I song. Love that. yes. <laughs> That's I the love one that. thing I was. <laughs> now, like, and, and just to finish this off uh, around your podcast, said everybody in whatever profession they're doing is a salesperson and a marketer. It might be that you're marketing or selling a product, or mm -hmm. every single day is an opportunity to build your personal brand and market yourself. Yep. And like you said, be known, build connections talk to the right people, say mm -hmm. no, say yes. And, and deep down, that's really it. We are all salespeople and marketing mm -hmm. people, aren't we, Terry? Yeah. Yes, we absolutely are. And it's, you know, I think in marketing, it's all, well, as I was a marketer, I was always thinking like, what's going to influence somebody? What do they need to know to take action? Right. And I think that we can think about that in our personal lives. We can think about that if we're interviewing for a job, if we're trying to convince our boss to take a certain line of action, you know, what's going to motivate them? What do they care about? Mm, I, I love that. So where can we find you? Where, if you've got one spot, website, socials, um, if people listening today, Terry, where would you like yeah. them to go? Um, people can reach out to me on my website. It's Terry B. McDougall. That's B as in boy.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Terry B. McDougall. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll have those links in the show notes, guys. This is episode number 221. So click on there and you'll be able to connect with Terry and obviously listen to a podcast, buy a book um, and just reach out if you're asking for some advice and everything like that. So Terry, thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed today's chat and having you on the show. Dale, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it too.